What made you decide to bind yourself to my cause? They met the requirements for worthiness. It seemed like you needed me after all. What is the requirement for worthiness? The gallant guy will only bind herself, himself, to a lost cause. I've come to recognize it. These things tend to come in waves. The wolf. It's bad. I have a very public history of severe emotional meltdowns with people, and it's because the wolf is coming out. Keeps me warm at night. Sometimes protects me in the wilderness becomes recognizable he doesn't have a name he doesn't have a name yet but he probably needs one <laughs> he's so he's dark shaved head, I got the beard, let's just, just fucking do it. I'm a goddamn super villain. I will destroy you. <laughs> now I am become death. Destroyer of worlds. Okay, I have an internal spirit puppy. He's a wolf. He doesn't have a name, just like in our tongue, we don't. That I don't have a name either. <laughs> oh, wait, they're a fire. Jesus. <laughs> he doesn't have a name, but he's there, and he has jumped to my defense a few noted, notable times, and it wasn't really until like. Last night, tonight, this morning, I don't know that all of those events kind of synchronized 
and I was like, wait, oh. It's that wave. I know that one. The mind works in waves. If the show title needed explained to you, I'm convinced the mind works in waves. Ah, forgive the hydration, except don't. <coughs> Please drink water. It's essential for the continuation of life. If you intend to stay alive, please drink some water. If you are questioning whether or not you intend to stay alive or not, it's the doom piece, okay? I feel like every everybody kind of has one of these in their deck. In their on their side of the chessboard, I feel like everybody has one of these kind of fucking doom pieces. These edge of the cliff pieces. These just do it. Just jump. Nobody will miss you. You're, this is a fucking miserable existence. End the suffering. Just jump. Jump off the fucking. Break your body into itty bitty bone pieces and mush. Um, that might be helpful, maybe, for people to know. I'm kind of bringing back War of One here, but not really. I mean. This shit's been in, like, the art, but it hasn't been, like, I have been like, oh, yes. By the way, I am... <laughs> uh, suicidal event periods. And rarely is anybody there. And usually when there is somebody there, I kind of feel like I'm giving birth and would punch my husband in the face because my vagina was having to pass a watermelon through it. <laughs> oh, God, it hurts so bad. It hurts so bad to love. God, what a fucked up thing. See, the ancients figured this shit out forever ago. Oh, yeah. Love is the best fucking thing in the universe that also hurts real fucking bad. And uh, I have a defense protocol. I call him the wolf. The wolf. Conceptualize him as the wolf. Anyway, protects me. And he's got fucking teeth. He knows where to bite. He knows what buttons 
to push. And on some level, I have to, like, that motherfucker does not have a leash. I cannot take responsibility for him. He's his own animal. That part. My wolfy boy part. <laughs> He's there to protect me. If he attacks you, I'm sorry. Um... Something occurred to me in this last cycle. Because the wolf came out again, and I was like, oh, I know you. I remember you. And I remember the last time I had <laughs> that wolf in my living room. And every time before it, every single one coincided with losing somebody really, really, really important to the long-term vision, the long-term goal, the ultimate story, the never-ending story. Every single time, the event of losing that person coincided with a suicide attempt. Serious contemplation. <laughs> and on the edge of forever, I, I tend to reach out, and I reach out to the people that I love most. And... Usually that means I lose that person. wolf on the edge of forever. Hey guys, welcome back. Today, my guest is the creator of Studio Stargazer and the host of the Mindwave podcast, Jenner Zeno. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. A lot of people have been wondering just who this guy is, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm Jenner. I'm 35? 35. Uh, and I'm from San Diego. And I'm an artist slash producer. And what kind of things do you produce? Really depends on the day. I'm almost always juggling several things at once, uh, but I'm a composer slash musician. And have a podcast. Uh, I also provide support to a handful of other podcasters and creators who I believe in. Uh, the main thing I'm working on these days is the theater. And what's what's going on there? What's what's up with that? Well, I started shifting away from the conventional podcast model when I realized it wasn't really what I wanted to do. So I've tried to use Mindwave as a kind of experimental sandbox to test out new ideas for shows. Um, and they started to become more theatrical, just kind of organically. I'm really interested in storytelling, and I think a lot can be done in this medium um, to bring stories to life in audio. You really need other people. 
uh, other characters, other voices. So the theater is a way to find those people who are inspired to try something like this and give them a place to do it. Uh, we really do have a community theater mindset, but we work virtually. We work from home, no costumes, no stage, no lights, no cameras. Just the power of the voice and the story. And so you do kind of like conventional theater shows? Not at all. No, all the stories we've done so far are original stories written by us. And you said music too, right? So do you write all the music for the shows? Each piece is different. Our first was Only Through Fire. It's a horror story that takes place in a colonial village in the late 1600s. All the music in that piece was original. Uh, from my album entitled Incendium. It mirrors the story very nicely. It's all about fire and blood. <laughs> it's kind of primal. It was perfect for the village because it's a village you've never heard of, and it's because it was lost. It was burned to the ground and everyone died. Uh, the lost village to which no roads go and no records remain. In part two, we come back to the same village, but we wind the clock back a little bit to when it was this beacon of love and life and creativity and art. It was ahead of its time, filled with murdered Mozarts and lost writers. We celebrated family and friendship and giving thanks and for that project, I created Eye of Odin. I'm pretty sure the rest of the music score on that one is all me too, pulling from other winter albums. But this kind of renaissance vision of the village required a tavern, and that tavern required a band. Uh, I knew it had to belong to Peter and Maggie. Uh, listen to Only Through Fire, and you'll get it. But I did something I've never done before with Eye of Odin. I actually made the band a very specific set of instruments, both custom software instruments and actual real instruments. Uh, and then I made them all tunes as opposed to songs, you know, simpler melodies. I wanted these things to feel like there was something passed down, not written on paper with dots and lines. Incendium is by far my most comprehensive piece of work to date, but Eye of Odin is really special to me. <laughs> like I said, I picked uh, the instruments, and then I picked characters to play them. Uh, Peter plays the Bodrin. Uh, that's the Irish hand drum. Maggie plays the flute. Tabs, the busty barmaid, plays the piccolo. <laughs> The barkeep plays the lute. The riverkeeper plays the Native American flute. Uh, the invisible sensei and the village drunk play Erhu. Uh, Seamus, who people have been getting to know a bit, plays the pirate cello. <laughs> it's probably one of the most beautiful albums I've ever made. Uh, I made a tune for each character and really like a few real people living and otherwise for the grandparents for my uncle thor who passed away a couple years ago 
Sounds like this means a lot to you. It does. The piece is called a bigger table for a reason. Big enough for everyone. There's a lot of kindness and love to go around. Sorry, we're getting sidetracked. The music. Uh, I think the first time we featured other artists was in Holiday Mouse. What a way to end 2020. Yeah, it was a fucking trip. I remember we featured the Chimney Givers and Katrina Stone in that one. There might be a couple other epidemic artists I'm forgetting. We had a fucking blast on that. But that's the first time I can really remember highlighting another artist in a theater piece. Katrina Stone gave me a few hearts and retweets on Twitter, so that was pretty awesome. And you did original music for Orion's Bell, too, right? Yeah, the music for The Castle is uh, made of early cuts from my upcoming album, Time and Space. Uh, once we head into the cellar, it's all epidemic artists from there. But yeah, Orion's Bell really kicked off this album, which is another super different style for me. It's more meditative, drawn-out, tranquil. I wanted to make something that would help with, like, sleep or meditation. And this new project that you're working on now. Wow. Yeah. I am so excited about the spotlight artists in this one. I haven't even thought about including any of my own pieces yet. Ooh. Celebrity guests, are we at liberty to disclose? We are. I've officially announced it. Our first featured spotlight artist is Ava. Artificial Intelligence Virtual Artist. This is an AI that composes music, composes soundtracks. If you've gotten a sense for the story, you know how amazing of a get this is. Um, the second still fucking blows me away. Uh, Melody Sheep was a huge part of setting me on my own trajectory as a content creator. That shit opened my mind and made me fall in love with science. Uh, for real, slap a brain scanner on me and call me Andrewian. I love John D. Boswell. He really planted the seed for this show. I mean, Carl Sagan, Mr. Rogers, Neil deGrasse Tyson, shit, Sam Harris. Melody Sheep is really responsible for driving that shit into my soul through music. After a couple of years of listening to Sam's podcast, I thought, hey, I could do this. I have the equipment. Why the fuck not? Maybe somebody will listen. Maybe his support model will work for me. I might be interesting. <laughs> the fact John D. Boswell, a.k.a. Melody Sheep, is allowing me to prominently feature him in my first original sci-fi story blows my fucking mind. I am so fucking excited for UI86, and it's ridiculous, so I've tried to keep most of it under wraps, but like, hey, we're not fucking Marvel Studios or Disney Star Wars. Nobody knows these characters or this story yet, so I did something fairly radical and released the first script read to the public for free on Patreon. It's roughly scored. 
um, and read entirely by a robot with a bunch of adorable errors, but it gives you a sense of what the story is going to be. So if you haven't heard that yet, please grab some headphones, go curl up, and listen to the original sketch. It's developed like Nazi balls since then, uh, obviously, and now is a fully casted production. But I'm willing to spoil the core of the story because I think it's fucking amazing and beautiful. This would be a good time to... Yeah, you had some kind of promo or contest? Yeah, we have a couple naming contests kicking off. But today, I have 100 free codes for digital downloads of I Have Odin. Plus the bonus track. An exceptionally salty sea shanty. All you have to do is become a Patreon patron at the dollar tier or higher... Rate and review Mindwave on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a voicemail to put in the show and respond to. Just engage. I'll share something. Or just ask, and I'll give you one. I have a hundred. <laughs> Naming contests for the sci-fi story? Yeah, we have a Mars Cantina in the script, but it doesn't have a name yet. I'm about to launch a contest on studiostargazer.org where you can submit your name for it and people can vote. Ultimately, the people will decide what to call this Dusty Space Saloon, not me. Uh, Your prize is your name in the credits. Same goes for the one AI that doesn't have a name yet. We use several robots in the story. And the one that runs the games or the simulations is played by Serena, one of Apple's female UK text-to-speech voices. Um, The first game sequence sketch for Stryker is out, so you can hear that somewhere in the podcast, I forget. Uh, But it's also currently the Stargazer-exclusive track in the universe portion of the site. That's still in development. It's a part of the dust. Earlier, I got the sense that the subject of family is a painful one for you. I mean, I feel like that's pretty clear in my art. I don't want to play it off like I had some horrible childhood or something, but I suppose it was actually pretty privileged compared to a lot of other kids. But there's some pain there. Do you want to talk about it? I mean, it all, it all starts with the loss of the mother, and only through fire, the loss of both parents, really, being thrown into the world as a child and being expected to figure it out for yourself. There's a lot of pain in there, yeah. Which is why the immediate impulse was to bring it back to love, to bring it back to Nana's table with all the aunts and uncles and cousins and grandparents, and everyone was one big family. That went away, and a bigger table was my way of trying to bring it back a little bit, even for a moment, even though it was painful as hell, and I let people know, this shit's painful, thank you for being here, do not expect me to have my shit together today, okay, because the holidays are painful, and this was my way of trying to get through it, as beautiful as the story is, that was really hard. And the darkest moment we have in that piece is five-year-old Eliza collecting butterfly wings. You know, I wanted to see that story fully illustrated into a children's book. It's a goddamn masterpiece. 
and it's the people who brought those characters to life who were responsible for that. The production in itself was insanely huge and complex, and it was a miracle we pulled it off. When you look at how many individual pieces it actually is, it's insane. Do you feel bad about how that story turned out? Not really. I think it was a good learning experience. UI 86 is coming together beautifully. It has a fucking phenomenal new cast. Plus a few returning all-stars. I guess the lesson there is... If you can't handle Jenner drunk and emotional, just don't come to Thanksgiving, bitch. It's my new holiday tradition. Call it fucksgiving. So, do you think what you're doing right now is maybe arrogant as fuck? Interviewing myself? Uh, I mean, probably. I've seen TikTok. At least I'm making this interesting and insightful. Jesus Christ. Wait, are we breaking the fourth wall? Fuck it, why not? Why are you such a fucking weirdo? I have come to understand the human word for it is autism. Wait. I think I'm on the part of the spectrum they call Asperger's. You think? Are you asking if I have a doctor's note? Just like when you were a kid, though. I don't think anybody knew. I think maybe I was too good at playing pretend because it was my favorite thing to do. When did you... After I turned 30, I mean, the, the patterns are there. I'm not convinced society has the right labels and words for this right now, but it's the best we got. And if it helps you understand me a little better, then I want that. I've avoided talking about this issue because, just like about everything, the labels are unhelpful. That's the best way I can describe it. I don't think diagnosing it and categorizing people is really the best way to approach what's happening there. Because people who get it just just get it. And shit takes different approaches depending on what kind of mind you're interacting with. I understand the autistic mind. And I always thought it was just some innate ability I had as a superhuman or some shit. I was grown the fuck up before I realized I get it because I am. (laughs) Honestly, I've had a really hard time understanding other people in general. As you've seen, I'm an actor and a performer. I worked in guest services for a decade. I've been playing pretend since I was a little boy. So pretty much like Peter Pan syndrome. Peter Pan syndrome, yeah. Worst disease ever. Asperger's, you are forever poisoned with child magic. If you enjoyed the tunes in this episode, most of them came from Ive Odin. We opened on a track from Incendio, but the rest of the music you heard in this episode is all Eye of Odin. Um, Many of the pieces, the blocks for UI86 are now in production, so that's where all of my productive energy is going. I did decide to do an interview with myself to kind of fill a little bit of space. I was just going to release some Eye of Odin this week, 
and uh, remind you guys that this super cool album is still there. Uh, always puts me in such a good mood. Um, great vibes, great feels, and I have a hundred copies of that to give away. So if you want one, um, engage with the show in some way or another. Give us a rating or a review. Uh, post it on your timeline. Um, something. Just engage. Reach out. Uh, I will give you a free download code for this album for you to enjoy some magical fantasy vibes magical tavern a lot of video game influences in there lots of easter eggs hidden in the music itself so I'd be curious for feedback on that as well it's made for a very specific kind of nerd so if you are one of those nerds please have a copy of I Have Odin on me so, is this still the interview? I, I guess we're in after-show territory. Um, speaking of after-show territory and interviews, I appeared on Susie Monster's 12-hour game stream. She interviewed me towards the end of the stream, uh, celebrating her first year on Twitch. And I pulled the raw audio from that. And I'm not going to do anything to it. I'm going to put that up on Patreon for you wonderful people who are supporting the show. It's uh, probably my favorite interview of me that's out there. There aren't too many. Uh, you know, I was interviewed on Moving Forward. I, I interviewed myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's some dank audio content sliding your way very soon and then there are a couple other ones that are in relation to the development of UI86 there's an enormous amount of bonus content that's being made specifically for that you guys may have heard uh, the episode Forest for the Trees has the the whole build up uh, story of the trees fantastic episode with my dad um, which will be the next big thing coming out on Patreon. But look forward to that Susie Monster interview um, today. I'm going to post this today. so That should already be out by the time you hear this episode. In terms of the bits and pieces of UI86 that you can hear now, we have the first game sequence with Striker which is featured on the universe page of the website. And we have my Wen's poem, Kyoko's poem, um, which I'm not sure. I know that went in a podcast episode, one of the last couple ones. Um, but the script read itself, the first all the way through script read is on Patreon for free. Um, so if you want to hear a more two-dimensional version of the story as read by one robot you'll get a really good sense for what kind of story this is um so go do that you can help uh fund this project if you'd like to be listed in the credits uh we have zero financial backing uh for this one so if you're out there thinking about being an angel investor in cool rad art 
I would be thrilled to feature you in the credits as well and let uh, people know that, yeah, it's not uh, free to to make um, big, amazing art pieces this beautiful and wonderful. Uh, Yeah, patreon.com slash mindwave. Where in the world? Where are you, Mindwave listener? Here's what my geography statistics tell me. Most of you are in the United States. 3.98% UK. 3.37% Canada. And 0.78% Australia. Step up your numbers, guys. Those are unacceptable figures. Singapore, Mexico, Hong Kong, Japan, India, Ireland, Germany, Chile, Sweden, New Zealand, Thailand, France, Russia, Netherlands, Brazil, Spain, Norway, Ukraine, South Africa, Malaysia, Czech Republic, Italy, Belgium, Romania, Vietnam, Switzerland, Nepal, Venezuela, Portugal, Poland, Nigeria, Austria, United Arab Emirates, Denmark, Colombia, Costa Rica, Indonesia, Macedonia, Turkey, Taiwan, Iceland, Virgin Islands, Puerto Rico, Philippines, Serbia, Iran, Estonia, Algeria, China, Hungary, Kenya, Syrian Arab Republic, Seychelles, Peru, Morocco, Luxembourg, South Korea, Croatia, Jersey, Israel, Guatemala, Finland, Bulgaria, Bangladesh, Argentina, Uruguay, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to fit them all on the track. And I didn't bother with accents this time. That's still, it still amazes me. And unknown. Um, There is an unable to identify geographic locations of uh, 73 listens. So I'd be curious as to where you are on the planet. (laughs) Because I find that information interesting. StudioStargazer.org Onwards, 91 Nova, Epidemic Artist. Here's the thing about having a commercial license to Epidemic now. That means we can use these tracks to sell CDs. I have done joke rap a little bit I don't think I could try to rap for seriously but what I am willing to do is take on a little rap baby apprentice for studio stargazer I will produce a rapper for free so if you got rhymes I got beats you got a mic can you record good do you have an interesting message? Do you have an interesting story to share? Is your shit three-dimensional or four-dimensional? If you are out there and you're thinking about becoming an aspiring rapper, 
um i'm i'm the producer who who will do that for free i want to try it i want to do it once i will produce that uh ep for free using epidemic tracks slap that shit on Bandcamp. let's start uh selling some some music Okay, you already got like a million fucking things in your plate. You're telling me now you want to sign some rap talent? Yes, because I can do it. We have the the tools at our disposal. We've paid for them to be commercial. Thank you, Fred Eater. Uncle Fred subscribes to Fred's From Porch. I haven't gotten Fred to write me any rhymes yet. I think that would be hilarious if I was going to attempt rap for real. I'm an, I'm not a lyricist. Maybe we can get Fred to write me some dope rhymes. If you write your own rhymes and you've been wanting to experiment around and get access to some shit that's going to make you stand out, that's not just royalty-free beats on YouTube... Holler at your boy. Um, I'm willing to hook up one person. One person who wants to try to make a rap EP. One. That's it. Oh, oh, you're my cheddar cheese girl. You soft but firm and you go well with wine. Oh, oh, cheddar cheese girl. Cheddar, cheddar Heroes cheese Heroes assemble. I am Jenner Zeno. I am the creator of Studio Stargazer and the host of Mindwave Podcast. This show is brought to you by Phil Ord, Americans for Nuclear Energy and the Climate Fix Podcast, Uncle Fred Eater, Fred's Front Porch Podcast, Lena Miller, Hard Truth. Jesse Rogers, Rio Vera Denier, Christy Patterson, Jereen Elkins, Scott Santens, Heather Cook, and the Stargazers, John Gleason, the Godless Engineer, David J.B., Corey Wilcox, want to thank my partner David and his mom Charlene Russell gotta thank my dad Greg Zeno and my stepmom Teresa Zeno both of all of whom actually all four I got we got all four of them in the sci-fi piece I'm incredibly excited David plays Max lightweight tech nerdy Laura Croft's little uh, computer boy with glasses, if you will. His mom, Charlene, is going to play mom. <laughs> My dad, Greg, who you've heard on the show before, is playing Father Zeno. And um, for Teresa, I, Teresa's got to gotta get in here. And uh, I have decided she has the archetype of human doctor. We have the roboticist we got robots everywhere we have a med lab uh, but we don't have uh, any characters who are in charge of human medicine so Teresa 
Human Doctor. We still have to name that character. I'm so excited. This is going to be so fun. Our legacy supporters are Rob J. Wilson, who gave us a free website at mindwave.media for a really long time. Fucking love to you, Rob. We don't use it anymore. But um, that was super helpful. I thought I had more room. Uh, Our other legacy supporters are Julia May, Ron Russell, also known as Utopia42, Nick Argyle, and Travis Meyer. StudioStargazer.org